0: Uh, like I said, today we're, we're carrying on our series on Nineveh, uh, about the story about Jonah uh, and the whale. But before I kind of go into that, just wanted to ask a few questions, maybe some hands. I know we don't like the hands game, but if you want to play with me, that'd be great. Who here loved English as a subject in school? Oh yeah, quite a few. Oh yeah, actually, A lot. there's a lot there. Who here hated English? <laughs> so there's a lot, and, and here's a trick question. I asked Becky this last last night to try and catch it out, even though I needed to go- Google it to remind myself. Who c- you can remember what a noun, verb, and an ad- adjective is? Who who you can't? <laughs> who you wants to shout out? What they what you say? What do you think a noun, verb, and ad- adjective is? Elwin, it's your birthday. And you had your hand up. Well, let's so see, A noun is a Yeah, And what about a verb and an adjective? An adjective? Describing word. I, to be honest, I struggle to remember. And I googled images, and they only had kids' images, so this shows that we should know it. But uh, we forget it. So a noun is a person or a place or a thing, a verb, an action word or something you do, and a- an adjective, a word that describes something so let me let me just take it up a notch out of these three uh, descriptives where would you place the word sorry so if you look at that noun verbal adjective where would you place the word sorry because sorry is is a funny one isn't it because you could say that the boy was so sorry that he got caught So he he was sorry that he actually got caught, or as he wanted to get away with it. Or the girl said sorry when her dad asked her to stop jumping on the trampoline, but she carried on jumping on the trampoline, which is often with me the voice. Or the man didn't say sorry, but there was tears in his eyes. Or the woman whispered sorry and then hugged the child. So where would we place the word Sorry sorry uh, is would be described as an adjective out of all of those three a descriptive word hopefully with the intention to show regret remorse sympathy or pity but we also know sometimes we can say sorry because we feel like we've got to say it or we say sorry because it's like a secret password to kind of get on with it or maybe we're sorry because we get caught we got caught in doing something where we actually wanted to get away with it and when you hear, again, let me take up not again. When you hear the word repent, like what comes to mind when you hear the word repent? For me, it's often either someone shouting it, the word repent, like in the middle of Cardiff City Centre, where people maybe don't understand, or they just shout the word. Or sometimes I see it just as, as just another word for sorry. So repent is another word for sorry but I would argue that repent or repentance is a verb so if sorry is an adjective I would say that repent or repentance is a verb it's a doing word it's not just saying sorry but it's a change in behavior it's a change of mindset Uh, and today is a story about a people who repented they didn't just say sorry these people they said they repented in fact 120,000 of them repented uh, and we go back into the story of jonah and so if you haven't caught up or if you've missed some of today's your first time then if you go online you can catch up on the story or even if you open your bibles the book of jonah is a really short one there's only four chapters or if you don't have a bible then please grab one or take one on the way out we'd love to give you one but it's a really short short story and you can catch up uh, with it But we're going to jump straight into where we are in Jonah chapter 3. If you have your Bibles and you want to go through it, you can, but they're on the screen as well. Jonah chapter 3. I just want to read the verse that we ended with last week, which is verse 4. And It says, Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city, proclaiming 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. So now it's his second chance. He's, 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 he wants to obey God. He's come to his enemies, Nineveh, and he's given them the message God has given them. And it's only a few, ver- few words, 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. And in verse five, as you can see, it says, and the Ninevites believed God and a fast was proclaimed and all of them from the greatest to the least put on sackcloth. It says there in verse five that the Ninevites believed God Maybe they heard stories of the fishermen about the prophet whose God made a storm and then calmed it, and all of a sudden this pro- prophet is now here. Or maybe some were on the beach and they wit- witnessed this Jonah coming out of the whale and coming back alive. Or maybe they knew the story of Jonah's God who split seas in half to free his people. But it says they believe God and they didn't they didn't see god they, this Jonah was just uh, representing God they didn't see God God wasn't there it was just Jonah by himself but it said they believed God and they believed God by believing the message of God or believe in the words that Jonah said on God's behalf and these were the words 40 days from now Nineveh will be overthrown and none of us here have, have, have seen God in that sense but most of us have, have have relationships or have had encounters with God in many different ways but most of the time is by believing the message of God or hearing the God, word of God whether it's through a talk or whether it's through reading the Bible or, or through a prayer or through a song we've experienced God or have a relationship with God through the word of God which we believe is the Bible. We believe the Bible is the only word of God, that there's not a hundred ways to get to God, there's not every religion relates to the same God, or you can have different books. We believe that the Bible is the only word of God. And uh, But to Nineveh, they only had this tiny bit, if you want to say, of the Bible which we have today, and they only had the tiny bit that said, basically said, you've got 40 days left. And they took that as this is the word of God. Like we would look at the Bible and say this is... The word of God. They took that and said, "This is the very words of God," and they believed God. And they could have said, "They heard the message, so they could they, they heard forty days from now, Nineveh will be overthrown." And we could read, and and then the Ninevites lived recklessly. They just thought, "We got forty days. Let's just do whatever we want. Let's just behave however we want. Let's just spend all our money. Let's do what we want." Or they've got forty days from now okay let's just focus on our family and friends let's just have some really quality time or they've got 40 days right let's just go on holiday I've always wanted to go to Bahamas let's just do it we haven't got much time or or they could have even said they've got 40 days left and they could have said okay sorry but then just carried on how they were doing they could have done all these things but it said that they believed God and when they believed God They didn't just believe it in their minds, or their heart, or just say it. It caused their belief, their belief caused them to change their behaviour. So they believed God in their mind, and then that belief caused them to change their behaviour. I just found this coin, actually, I need to give it back, but um, heads or tails? If you lose, you're going to make me a cup of tea after... If I win, i make you a cup of tea. <laughs> You're going to go tails? Right, then. Um, thankfully, there's two heads on this one. That's oh, actually tails. <laughs> I owe you a cup of tea. But a coin, think of the coin as, right now as the word of God. So the coin is the word of God. But then we've got heads and a tails. And so if you believe, that, let's just say the coin is the Bible, is the word of God. And sometimes when we read the Bible... Or when we hear the Bible being read out, or when we hear in a song or a prayer, let's just say heads is acting in faith. So you might read the Bible, and it might you may read something or hear something, and it may cause your belief to rise, or to be encouraged, or to act, or to meditate on. It, may, it, may, it might be John three sixteen: For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. God might throw to you that on that heads look, I love you. I want you to be a child of mine. Like, I came and I paid for your sin. I love you so much. And, and maybe the, the word of God on that head is for you to meditate on that. If you not just think of other people, Lord, I want to know your love. Or I want to I actually, Lord, I want to share that as well. And so heads could be something maybe positive where God is asking you to act in faith, to meditate, to be encouraged. But then sometimes when we read the Bible, let's just say tales, it could be maybe an act in repentance. So still the word of God, act in faith. But the other side could be act in repentance, and you may, you may read something or hear something, and it convicts you. It convicts your heart. The Holy Spirit convicts you. It almost says, "Oof, there's something in your life that needs to change. There's something in your heart that I've still got a work to do." And it's not kind of God pointing the finger to make you feel rubbish. He's convicting you. He's disciplining you because the Lord says, the Bible says, the Lord disciplines those He loves. He wants to make you more like Jesus. Maybe He wants you to acknowledge sin or ask for help to change. But the Bible is the Word of God, and sometimes when we read it, it's acting in faith or meditating or believing this is true for us. Believing that we are loved by God, that His grace is enough, like we heard today, isn't it? And then sometimes we read it, and it's like lord is like i don't want that in your life there's something you're doing or hold on to it's not of me i want it to change but both are from the word of god and the ninevites believed god's message and for them it was the tales part like there's something bad they needed to do something like this was not good news for them to just carry on they needed to do something they've got 40 days left and they acknowledge this they acknowledge their wrongdoing, their, their sin in that sense, by saying a fast was proclaimed. Like a fast was proclaimed, like stop. Like here's the word of God, this is the message of God. Like everyone just stop. Like stop eating, stop drinking. Just everyone, just stop. From Everyone from the greatest to the least. Because if it was just a fast of working, not everyone works, so it's not going to affect everyone, or let's just have a fast of playing sport. Some people are like, I didn't even like sports, so I'm fine with that. Or let's just have a fast from modern day version screens. So, right now, no TV or no phone, let's have a fast from that. But everyone every day has to eat, don't they? Everyone every day has to eat or drink. And so, this brings everyone together from the greatest to the least. A fast was proclaimed. Everyone says, Stop, this is the word of God. We've got 40 days left. We need to do something about this. So everyone just stop eating, drinking. Let's all do this together. And it also says about uh, sackcloth, which in verse six then it reads this in, in verse six. And so when Jonah's warning then reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, and covered himself also with what the people have done, covered him with himself with sackcloth, and sat down in the dust or sat down in in ashes and and the people of Nineveh took off their normal clothes the king took off his royal clothes we just we saw didn't we the coronation recently imagine taking off all those those royal clothing the crown and just all the prestige all the gold all the set imagine putting all of that away and then covering yourself in sackcloth in ashes with your people and sackcloth was like a thick coarse cloth made normally from goat's hair and wherein it displayed the rejection of earthly comforts and pleasures so it's like turning away from that but also showed a state of mourning like if 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 we see a funeral in in the creme today people will be going dressed in black mainly wouldn't they they'd be going black suit black tie the ladies in black dresses that's kind of what we did back then they would dress in in, in sackcloth and cover themselves in ashes and in, in mourning so these guys are wearing funeral clothes all of them they're stopping eating and they're all wearing funeral clothes uh, and and even the king is doing it and in our world today as, as roger prayed sadly there are many there are man, many countries when people cause an uprising of like this is wrong this is injustice we need to do something how many countries do we know where leaders then like dictate or kill or, or, or do power and say no not in my country nor in my land like we're gonna rule we're gonna cause authority but praise God that this wasn't a time when the people felt that their leader dictated otherwise but also the king was convicted the ruler of this land was like This is right this is the word of God this is the message of God and he takes it to another level it's interesting how the people acted first they believed they fasted they put on sackcloth and it could have been that then the king refused to believe it or he ordered them to eat like how dare you 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 must eat or he threatened to kill anyone wearing sackcloth but this king believed that actually these few words were also the word of god and he knew it because he knew his country he knew himself he knew the sin in his heart in his in his people and, and what they were doing and he's like we've got to do something we've got to do something about this and then verse uh, seven uh, to eight yeah verse seven to eight, eight then goes on to this and then this is the proclamation he issued to Nineveh so the king takes it to another level By the decree of the king and his nobles do not let people or animals herds or flock taste anything do not let them eat or drink but let the people and animals be covered with sackcloth it's a bit it's a bit weird why he gets the animals involved isn't it why does he get the animals involved? why is he not letting the, the animals eat or why is he covering that any anyone here own a pet yeah anyone here love love animals and love owning pets anyone here would happily give their pet to someone else <laughs> be careful your kids are sitting next to you but some some people I, I wouldn't describe myself as an animal lover I love other people's animals so uh, but I wouldn't describe myself as an animal lover um, But animals are involved in the story and there's two reasons why I think animals and this is just me thinking really it's not uh, people have different but think of it I think back then lots of animals in this state in this country not just this country but lots of animals in those days would have been used in in weird animal sacrifices so animals would be used for different animal sacrifices also many animals would have been used as gods so they would have been treated as gods or carved into imagery of gods even in parts of India today like if you knock over a cow um, in, in your car like it's da- it can be dangerous because some people will believe that they're gods and they would kill you like that's from our family living in India so even um, yeah they would have some uh, animals as gods or use them in weird sexual sacrifices so I think part of the repentance was used in the objects or animals in a different way example if if for instance your car caused you to sin by carrying on speeding all the time by dangerous driving by maybe hurting people in cars and the Lord convicted you of you of that it's almost maybe like offering okay Lord I acknowledge my sin but this is an object that maybe has helped me sin like, do you want me to get rid of this? I offer this to you as well. I'm sorry, not just for me, but also know that this is part of my life. But secondly, why animals in, the, in this story is because for you animal lovers out there, God loves animals. Like, God like, loves animals. He created animals and humans on the sixth day of creation. God, God asked man to, to, to name and rule of the animals Our animals are part of God's creation do you know, like when we see um, the, the mountains or the sea or the stars sometimes we get amazed don't we and think wow look at God's creation I don't know you but sometimes when I'm watching a, a TV program or a deep ocean thing and see the create then not you get amazed by that and think wow that's amazing and like God so animals are part of God's creation but they're not to be worshipped the Bible doesn't say they have su- Souls, we don't read of them going to heaven, yet they are to be looked after and they can bring us comfort and joy because they are gifts from God. And so, animals here are part, and this is a part of, I was trying to find Google animals with sackcloth on, which is kind of it, but then this is also a cow's pajamas. <laughs> Do you know when you like find things on your line and you think this is just too weird? But, uh, they would have covered their the, their cows, their animals, and also it talks about sackcloth and ashes. This isn't just the people; this is their food, this is their animals, this is how they've lived life. They're going to bring it all together before the Lord. But then verse eight continues, then, and it says, "And let everyone call urgently on God." And here is part of their repentance. This is them acknowledging. Let them give up their evil ways. And their violence this isn't just like "Oh, God is angry with us we're innocent they saying let us including myself give up their evil ways and their violence and I was brought up in in church with a great Christian family my parents uh, who loved me Um, but I didn't give my life to Jesus till I was 18 Uh, and at the age of 12 or 13 three things entered my life as i kind of started rebelling against my parents against god and against church <clears throat> i started uh, getting drunk i started smoking drugs and i started watching pornography like every week these things entered my life related age 12 13 and these three, three things quickly became a part of my life they became a part of my weekly habits these came into my life and a few months then before I became a Christian so this happened for many years before a few months before I became a Christian when I was 18 I started reading the Bible and I could see that none of these things pleased God that these hurt God that God didn't want them in my life and I could see that clearly but my sinful nature like we are made in the image of God so we can be loving and kind we can share but also we have a sinful nature that needs to be saved and that's how our we our hearts can be evil we can be wicked we can be jealous we can be unkind but my even though i could see that this wasn't right in god's eyes my sinful nature loved these things it wanted to keep them it wanted to like say this is good for you keep this in your life and i tried to battle that with that before i became a christian uh, but when i became a christian uh, when I was 18 I asked God to forgive me and fill me with his spirit and help me then live a life that honors God and turns away from sin uh, and since that very day like I've never smoked drugs since literally like I've never smoked drugs. I was repented I repented and was set free from it like it was gone since that day I've never been drunk I, I was drunk two or three times every week for years um, and, and since that day I was, I've never been I enjoy a beer every now and again and um, but I repented uh, and the need for being drunk was broken but even though I was truly sorry, and even though I truly truly tried to repent and I knew it was sinful sadly myself and, and my sinful nature and that is myself like still desired pornography and would sometimes give in to my sinful desires with it. Even though these things two things were broken and gone like pornography was and but then because I had the Holy Spirit in me, instead of loving it and desiring it and just carry on with it, the Holy Spirit continually wanted to clean me of it. It was almost like putting in petrol and a diesel engine there was something wrong like it wasn't mixing right it was, it was wanted to be clean of it but then it was like a cycle of of false love and deep hatred for sin, for sin but also then a false love and I kind of a deep hatred for myself of like allowing this to be in my life and for kind of the feel of guilt with the Lord and kind of continually going back But then it receiving his grace but then it's just this cycle and you can say like i i didn't truly repent although I, I repented of drugs and alcohol but but not of pornography and to some extent like i would say that is true but i found as i've been walking with jesus now for 20 years and from speaking to many people and counseling them and hearing them i found with some things god can set you free he can Almost heal you. It can be like black and white, white, and it's done, it's gone. And God can do that with many things. But also, I found with some things you need others to help to repent. With some things you need others to help you repent, to help you get clean, to help you get healed. And I found this verse quickly on into my Christian life, which really helped me. James 516 and this is not talking about a pope or a priest or anything like that this is talking about us as believers therefore confess your sins to each other to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed it's encouraging us to say confess your sins to each other and then pray for one another to be healed and that verse uh, helped me as i then started then meeting up with a brother in christ to share and so we would meet we would meet up weekly to share to confess and to pray for each other to be healed like we started doing this we realized we can't do this on our own i just want to share that story with you as there may be something in your life that even though you believe god's word and you know it doesn't please god It feels like maybe you haven't fully repented or or you haven't been set free and you might think it's impossible like i'll never be set free from this this is always going to be in my life and one of the answers to that i would say is because you need others he's designed it for us to need others especially with say for instance if you have a struggle with sexuality or or, uh, pornography. This is a great book that I always advise people with. Every man's battle uh, winning the fight of sexual temptation, one victory at a time. And so even if you feel like meeting up with someone might be at a level too far right now may I encourage you to look at books as almost like a midway point of helping you with that. Uh, but i found that God is, even though sin is there he's felt he's created us not just encourage one another and build one another up but also to confess our sins for each other and pray for each other so that you may get healed and if you kind of want to be paired up with someone or have a mentor or, or twos and threes then then we can try and help you with that but i just wanted to share that with you and finally on verse 9 it says this so he's told about these things let everyone call on the let, let them give up their evil ways and their wow. violence and then verse 9 says who knows God may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so, so that we will not perish and even though God is great and is all-knowing and is all-powerful and is a God of justice who can act in fierce judgment in who can act in fierce anger through his judgment and, I, and he's done so at times in history and he will do and there's times if we're honest when we even roger's prayer there's times where we want him to act now don't we in his justice or like releasing and, and bringing end to things we want him to act justly now and and, and do things now but also we are a room full of people who have experienced the amazing compassion of God. Amen. We are a room full of people who have continually experienced the amazing compassion of God, the Father through sending His Son Jesus Christ, and forgiven us now the gift of the Holy Spirit. A room full of people to repent concerning salvation is it is a, is to change your mind about Jesus Christ as God and about yourself as a human being made in the image of God but also as a sinner like repentance is not self salvation this is not like get into heaven by ourselves like without Jesus like it begins with believing God and his word and then he gives us his holy spirit To transform our lives to make us more like jesus and by the grace of god the holy spirit is continually stays with us continually wants us to become more like jesus not to make us feel rubbish or like the worst person ever but to clean us from the inside out to clean us to make us more like jesus in acts 2 which we look at our devoted series after hearing god's word People say to Peter and the others, brothers, what shall we do? Like, we've heard the word of God, like we believe it. Like so, what do we do then? Like what are we going to do?" And Peter replied, "Each of you must repent of your sins, acknowledging that you are a sinner. Repent of your sins and turn to God. It's not to say sorry. Repent of your sins and turn to God. Change the direction. Turn to God." and be baptized that was almost like an entry level of, of showing whose side you're on that you faith be baptized in the name of jesus christ saying that the name of jesus christ is the most important name that you believe that jesus christ is god that he is a savior and be baptized in the name of jesus christ for the forgiveness of your sins believe and be baptized and repent for the forgiveness of your sins and next week still will tell us about what happens with an amazing revival with verse 10 but it is impossible for us to place our faith in jesus christ as savior think of the word savior without first changing our mind about who jesus is and what he has done and about our own sin because if you don't believe you're a sinner or if you don't feel like your need is great or actually you're okay there's a lot worse people out to you and so you don't think that let me just say jesus will never be your savior like if you do, if you think you're without sin if you think you're okay you're better than other people so you're gonna you're gonna kind of bet your chances and see god by yourself jesus will never be your savior he's never gonna be your savior because if you don't, Jesus will only be your saviour. He, he's only our saviour. Save your, save our. He, is, he saves your sins. And, and we're going to sing a song now. Everyone needs compassion. The kindness of a saviour. Anyone say amen to that? Amen. The kindness of a saviour. Anyone say, I want the kindness of a saviour? Yeah? Anyway, is that true for us? And so that's why we sing it. We say everyone needs compassion, the kindness of a savior. And the Bible tells us that everyone does need compassion. So if you don't think you do, like, warn in because the Bible says you do. You need the compassion, the kindness of a savior. But that's why we sing it with our hands held high, or we ha- we sing it with our knees on the floor because we have received compassion, the kindness of a savior day after day day after day until we meet him face to face and then we will be truly free then it will be without sin then we then we get to see him as it was supposed to be so if you've never repented if you if you've never confessed your sin and say i need to turn away from my sin turn to god i believe this but i've just kind of been saying sorry i need to change then please speak to us as leaders or group leaders we'd love to pray with you and help you but also if you feel actually i've gone too far i'm too bad like yeah i can't this is just kind of another thing and i've, I've, I've just allowed my heart to become hard because this isn't true then the bible tells us differently It says that his grace is enough his grace is enough and so if you need compassion, if you need the kindness of a Savior, of a savior then let's sing this song to the, together as confession of that. Saying, Jesus, you know me, you know my heart, you know all the good things in my life, you know all my motives, you know all the good stuff. But also, Lord, you know I'm still a DIY project, I'm still, I'm still things in my life that you need to change. Lord, there's still things in my heart. Lord, it's still there. And Lord, we ask you to set us free. Lord, we ask you that you put people in our place and we will make the effort, Lord, to confess our sins with each other and pray for each other to be healed. Lord, help us do that. Lord, help us be a family of believers together. Help us not struggle on our own or think it's our secret and we can't tell others. Lord, we need one another so help us do that lord help us become more like jesus but lord we do it because we need compassion the kind of kindness of his savior and we can we confess that jesus is lord we believe in our hearts and so help us live that out not to save ourselves because we know that's impossible but to put our faith in you and just to live lives in grace and mercy to represent you in jesus name amen amen if you're able to as the band comes and sing this song with us if you're able to stand or if you just want to sit down and meditate but if this is true for you then sing it sing it being true for you singing now you can sing it because jesus is compassionate and kind